Hope everyone's weekend is off to a great start. Welcome back to Friar Talk. Today, we're going to be breaking down this Padres lineup. Um, we're recording this on Thursday night, so this is before Friday night's game, so we haven't watched it, but as we all know, the Padres offense has been dreadful, has been terrible. We don't want to just keep kind of reiterating the same things of, oh, they're not playing good. So today, we're going to go through the lineup, and we're going to basically do a how can the Padres optimize their current players and their lineup. Maybe we're going to talk about some guys we like to see in the lineup more and some specific spots that we'd like to see these guys in the lineup. We've seen the lineup bounce around a little bit. I think people have got upset at Bob Melvin over that. I, I disagree. I don't think we need to get upset at Bob Melvin at trying to change something up when the lineup's not working. I, I don't understand that. But it hasn't worked still. And you've seen Cronenworth move to two. You've seen guys bounced around. You've seen Soto bounce around throughout the lineup. So we're going to give each of our kind of ideas on the lineup. Before we get into our, our one through nine, though, Isaac, I want to ask you, in terms of the players that the Padres are currently fielding, is there anything you'd like to see in terms of maybe platooning guys, maybe moving guys out of the lineup? Like, I, I don't know, anyone that you'd like to see changing in terms of the players, not the lineup order before we get into that? Well, with the current state of the Padres, it's hard to say yes. Because Odor sucks. Your depth really, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how there's people arguing that our depth really isn't that bad. No, man. Our depth is bad. Our de- I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Ruggie Odor the first guy off the bench? Yes. Right now. Right, right now. now. Yeah. Right now, Ruggie Odor. Unless it's first base, then it's either Cruz or Carpenter, whoever's not playing. Um, but right now, Ruggie Odor is your first guy off the bench, if we can recall correctly. And he sucks. He is bad. Everyone knows it. And, you know, that's something that maybe we didn't talk about enough is we weren't really saying, like, before the season started, we weren't really acknowledging that the death of the Padres is bad. Maybe at times we did, because I do remember a few times, but it felt like everyone was so focused on, well, shoot, with this top four of the lineup, you can do anything. We weren't focused on what if something happens to one of the top four in the lineup. Nonetheless, Something happened to Manny Machado, and now you're plugging in Ruggie Odor for quality playing time. Um, so right now, I mean, the Padres got to stick with their guns and just roll out the best players they got, which is what they currently have in the lineup. Um, but shoot, man, when guys are healthy, you want to see a Zokar getting more playing time. You want to see Campusano getting significantly more playing time. Um you know, you want to see a few guys getting more playing time. You want to see Ruggie Odor get DFA'd. I mean, I'm fully for that. Um, you want to see the Padres potentially going and either going to get depth at the trade deadline or making depth by getting someone that's good and making Haseon Kim or Trent Gershom or whatever is making them depth. Because in the postseason last year, this one completely, you know, nobody realized it, but Will Myers, Josh Bell, Brandon Jury, and maybe one more guy. Those guys are starting guys in current lineups right now. They were depth for this Padres team last year. And maybe remember, you know, this was something that we had talked about that might handicap us. The Xander Bogarts deal. We said it might handicap us. I love Xander, though. Xander's super sick. Um but we said it might handicap us. And I'm not going to say it is right now. I love, I love, you know, I, I like everything Xander brings to the Padres. 
Um, but maybe maybe some depth would have been nice. Um, but yeah, you know, when it comes to your question right now, it doesn't feel like we can afford to to kind of switch guys out. Um, but when the time comes, when guys get healthy, you want to see Campusano getting much more playing time than Austin Nola. You want to see Jose Azucar potentially platooning with Trent Grisham the same way we were thinking last year. Because even though Azucar doesn't provide power, you don't really have much to lose to at least try him out there and hope he can get some timely hits because Trent Grisham is not. Um, so, you know, when those two guys in particular get healthy, it's going to be time. Um, I don't know what Eggy is looking like in sort of a timeline, but when if if we at some point get Eggy back, Odor should get DFA. Um, yeah, man, there's, there's guys that I feel like are, are hurt right now, so they can't help, but when they can help, there's going to have to be some significant um, shakeups if it keeps going like this. Yeah, I'm there with you. And I think starting out, Campy's got to be your main starting catcher. I think it is to the point where, and he's supposed to be back, I want to say, in July, I think. I think it's like mid-July, something like that. Hopefully sooner than later. But they were kind of waited on surgery. I don't know what was going on. I think they thought he could come back, need surgery. So it's going to be a little bit for him. When he is ready to go, like when he's like, because you don't want to like rush him back or anything like that. He's still developing. Like that's the last thing you want to do is screw up his development in any way, even though it's already because it's already been like so up and down with him. I think that when he's back, ready to go, ready to be a full time player, dude, he needs to be the full time player. Unless we see drastic changes from Nola Sullivan or someone else that gets called up and they're like playing well, make him your almost everyday catcher. Ride him because. You need production there. And at least he has potential to do that. We already saw, like, his one game against the Mets when he had, like, four hits. Has Austin Nola had that in a Padres uniform one time, bro, in, like, 100, 200 games? Like, 200 games? Probably not. And I'm not trying to, like, rip Austin Nola. Like, we've understood that he's not good. We, we've talked about it a lot. I don't want to keep doing that. But it's time for Campy to just be the full-time catcher. So, when I'm talking lineup, I'm going to talk about Campy as the, that guy because when he comes back, he should be. Um, outside of that, I'd like to see Nelson Cruz DHing a little bit more. I don't really believe in Matt Carpenter that much. I don't like his approach. I think he has a lot of terrible at-bats, and I think that we should look more at the sample size of the two, three years before last season as what he's going to give to this team. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong because that would suck for the Padres if that's the case. That's how I feel. And I feel like Nelson Cruz plays like barely. And Nelson Cruz is not like he has good numbers or anything. But like I feel like he still looks like a similar guy. I don't know. That's in my opinion at least. So I like the idea of having Nelson Cruz get a little bit more playing time. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I totally could be. I still think they should platoon them at least somewhat. But I would like to see Cruz out there a little bit more. And then in terms of center field... I like see like to see Jose Azucar out there a lot more. When he's back, he's supposed to be back in June. I want to say it's supposed to be like early June-ish. If if and when Trent Grisham's struggling like he is right now, you got to start playing Azucar a lot more. When Grisham's hot, play Grisham. No problem with that. And obviously, you can't have Azucar out there all the time, but be smart about it. Don't start Trent against any lefties. You know, like kind of utilize it like that. So that's what I like to see in terms of the players in the lineup. Now I'll go to my lineup right now. First, if I'm going to build the lineup, 
And Isaac, you, you tell me what you would change in this. Or you tell me your lineup after. But I'm leading off with Fernando. I think he's your best hitter. I think he's been overly aggressive. I don't really care. He's He's been fine. Fernando at one. I'm going back to putting Manny at two. I think that Fernando Manny back-to-back has worked really well for the Padres in the past. They have some comfortability there. And Manny hits fine from two, three, four spots. He basically is not really affected by where he hits in the lineup. And I think that where you hit in the lineup is it does affect you. Because if you go look at Juan Soto's numbers, he's had significant time hitting two, hitting three, and hitting four. He is so much better from the three and four spot. He is like almost 200 OPS points higher with a lot of bats in each of those spots in when he's hitting three or four. So I have him at three, and then I have Bogarts at four. Bogarts also struggles hitting in the two spot. I don't know what it is about the two spot, dude. I, I have no idea what it is, but guys apparently really struggle. And there's like significant amount of bats to be like, this is probably a, a mental thing for some of these guys. So do it like that. That's your one, two, three, four. I know there's an argument of keeping Cronenworth in two, moving guys around, spreading out your stars. He, in my opinion, you need them to have the most at-bats. So that's what you're going to rock with. Now, I will change up the bottom of the order to kind of balance that a little bit. I said I want Cruz as the, as the primary DH. If he's your DH, I have him at five. I have Cronenworth at six. I think Cronenworth is probably going to end up finishing the season better than our DHs offensively, at least for what they've put out now. I'd rather push him down the lineup a little bit. Uh, I think it gives you a little bit of length added to the lineup. And then after that, I would go Campy at seven when he's back. And I know not all these guys are healthy and stuff, so it's kind of hard to tell, but I would go Campy at seven, and then I go Kim at, at eight, and then Grish Auzakar at nine. I think Campy's a better bat than both those guys, and I would rather have the speed right before in case one of those guys gets walked, in case something happens where they get on base. They can be on base, and you can have speed on base for the top of the order. Maybe they're not going to do it that much. All right, at least you have speed when that's the case, because if Tatis or Manny gap a ball, those guys are going to score almost guaranteed. So that's what I'm rocking with. So I'll, I'll say it real quick one more time, one through nine, Tatis, Machado, Soto, Bogarts, Nelson Cruz, Jake Cronenworth, Luis Campusano, Hassan Kim, and Trent Grisham slash Jose Azucar. I really like it. That's a really good one. Um, I am changing it up a little bit. Um you're right. Something about that second spot in the lineup, everyone just kind of struggles with. I was even looking at Fernando's numbers at the number two, and they're not terrible, but they're also not great. I think the only thing that kind of saves him, because he has a 243 average from the two spot, but he slugs, and that's really what matters to me. So um, when creating my lineup, just based off what I've seen this year from the Padres, and I'm going Xander at one, um, just based off how he performed earlier in the season in the leadoff spot. And when you look at the top four spots in his career, the only spot he doesn't produce from is second. And he's even told Bob Melvin, like, look, I'm not batting second. I can't do it. And uh, you look at it, one, three, and four, he bats over 300. So I'm playing in Xander at one. I'm plugging in Fernando at two. Um, I understand the average isn't there, but if there's one guy that I think really isn't too affected by by where he hits other than three um i think he's a perfect number two hitter he slugs he's still gonna have opportunities to get um you know have have more opportunities with guys on base um he, I, I still think he's a pretty damn good number two hitter he's done it before too so i'm putting him number two 
Uh, I mean, keep in mind, what was it? All throughout 2020 and 2021, Trent Grisham was leading off, so Fernando was batting two. So, yeah, I'm going Fernando at two. Um, I'm playing in Soto at three. Uh, his best career numbers have been at three. His best numbers this year are at three, and I'm, I'm fully confident in him there. I'm going Manny Machado at four. Um, he has good numbers at four at four also. I mean, Manny Machado kind of like, like he's immune to to struggles wherever he bats. I understand he's not very doing very good this year, but he's pretty good everywhere. Um, going Cronenworth at five. Um, I understand, you know, Cruz and Carpenter might be better there because they slug a little more, but I don't know. I just want to get, uh, I feel like Cron's still a good bat. And so I do want to get him quite a bit of at bats. Um, Cruz and Carpenter, Cruz slash Carpenter next. Campusano next, Kim next, Grisham next. I feel like I don't really got to explain the rest of that. Obviously, you know, Cruz and Carpenter, they provide some slug in case Jay Cronenworth doesn't get the job done. Um, and then Campusano, uh, when he comes back, you're going to have to get him a lot more at-bats because not only for developmental reasons, but you have nothing to lose. If Austin Nola continues playing this way, you have nothing to lose. You got to plug him in. He hits for power. He's had some games where we, we thought, dude, he hit the crap out of the ball today. So um, that's the optimal move. Um, Haseon Kim at eight. We understand, you know, he's not the best. Neither of the guys that are eight or nine are the best bats. And granted, you know, guys, my bad. <laughs> granted, guys that are hitting seven, eight aren't supposed to be the best bats. Seven, eight, nine, they're not supposed to be the best bats. But um, Haseon Kim hits for hits for some contact. He hits for average. And if there's guys on, I have at least some confidence he'll get the job done. Um, and then Trent Grisham. <laughs> he strikes out a lot and the only reason so he's nine because that's kind of like your second lead off that's how i'm treating it as your second lead off and typically although his average sucks he gets on base maybe that wasn't the case last year and that's sure as hell isn't the case the past few games i'm just hoping he finds it again he's able to get on again because obviously right now it's a huge struggle but there's something in me, you know, thinking, hey, you know, he'll get hot at some point. And yeah, it's only going to be like a two week stint. But um, as long as he walks and gets on base and finds ways to get on base the way he used to, he's going to be a good number nine. And he'll be a good second leadoff for Xander, for Fernando. Um, as a matter of fact, Kim and Grisham get on at a decent clip. So um, those guys can definitely be pretty valuable at the bottom of the lineup for the guys at the top. Yeah, and I, and I think also another thing with Grisham, too, like I think the second leadoff is an important thing for him hitting nine, but also he's been so bad with runners in scoring position that like you want him as far away from that as he can be. So I think that's another reason why. I think um, – what, what was your, your order again, one through nine, Isaac? So it was Xander, Fernando, uh, Soto, Manny, Cronenworth, Cruz slash Carpenter, Campusano, Kim – uh Grisham slash Azokar. I didn't even mention Azokar, but obviously, you know, we mentioned him earlier. Yeah. So super similar. Super, super similar to mine. Just a couple changes up top and I get the logic there too. Um but yeah, I, I think I think that we gotta see some changes. We gotta see some adjustments made. I think we're going to see that. Uh we thought about talking about an episode about like potential guys to call up and stuff like that. Um I don't I don't really know what they're gonna do. It's hard to tell if they don't do any make any changes and 
you know, next week the offense is still struggling. We'll go through some minor league options. A lot of people want to bring up, I think it's a, it's a Tim Lopez. Um, also, is it Brandon Dixon's in AAA too? I want to say he was playing really well. Um, let me check right now as I'm as I'm recording. I had it up a second ago, but in terms of AAA stats, I want to say like those are the only guys that are really performing that well. Tim Lopez, he's 29 year old minor leaguer. He has like a 940 OPS. He can play the infield, and then Brandon Dixon, he can play the infield as well. He has over a 900 OPS too. It's not like I have a ton of faith in these guys necessarily, but you might as well call them up. You have considering nothing. Considering how bad it's been. Yes, you have nothing to lose as long as Ruggie Odor is in your lineup. You have nothing to lose. And not even mention in your lineup. In your lineup hitting six. I feel like we're also ripping Odor. It's not only fair for him, but he was like barely a like a rosterable player. It's more about it's more speaking to the depth of the team than to Odor himself. Like obviously Odor's best days are behind him and he's like a deep bench piece, or at least should be a deep bench piece. But now he's almost been playing a bunch because of Machado, so it's just been rough. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um that's what I got. So Isaac, anything else you want to add to this lineup though? Nothing I want to add to the lineup. Obviously, you know, we're probably gonna talk about Preller in a later episode. And I like AJ Preller. Um, you know, um we had a tweet that was talking about the 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 in um, I don't I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is the incompetence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, I'll say the incompetence of some aspects of AJ Preller. Uh we you know we highlighted his scout expertise. Um but something we talked about earlier, and this goes back to Rookie Odor, um, is that this doesn't feel like a $270 million roster. And I was telling Matt, this doesn't feel like a roster the Dodgers had when they had this type of payroll. Coming off their bench was like Kike Hernandez, Chris Taylor, um, you know, just guys that are actually valuable that would have been starters on other teams. Rookie Odor is probably like a double A player on almost every other team except for the A's. Maybe one other team, maybe the Royals. We just lost to the Royals. Um, so that is something that absolutely needs to be talked about when it comes to the depth is that there was poor construction of, uh, of a $270 million payroll. And it doesn't feel like we have a $270 million payroll out there because of the depth. It's not because of the star players, the star players and the star pitchers. I understand, you know, they're out there and that that's worth the money, but this is where development comes in. This is where development comes in, being able to have cheap contracts. That way you can spend on those top players because these superstars are only valuable. They're only good. The team is only good when you have cheap, valuable depth pieces. You know, I'm just going to bring this up because I think I'm just going to keep harping on this until he's back to, to kind of gain some steam. Develop Luis Camposano, please, man. Please don't make this like Francisco Mejia. And I know Mejia wasn't good and didn't end up being good, but we've seen other guys on the Padres like Hunter Renfro turn into... Dude, Hunter Renfro is a damn good player. Dude leads the league in assists every year in outfield assists and has an 850 OPS every year. He was not that on the Padres. He was an absolute nightmare. He had like a 280 on base percentage in some years, dude. It was rough. So you had to develop these guys. And I feel like the Padres had like, they trade a lot of guys before they were able to even develop them. So it's hard when you judge those guys. But that Manny Margot, Hunter Renfro, like all that era, they didn't develop. 
and they ended up becoming better players. I mean, Manny Margot has been an impactful player on the Rays for quite some time now. He's not that great, but he's solid. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, okay. Like, and Hunter Renfro turned into kind of a stud, and we've seen Ty France become a freaking beast on the Mariners. So it's like, you got to do this with some guys. So I'm going to keep harping it, but Luis Camposano needs to be like a full-time starter. Like, develop him by putting him on the field. That's what he needs. He needs to be out there. So I, I, that's like your last, that's like your only guy anymore that you can even do that with, but do with him. I feel like this year, it seems like they've kind of improved with Ryan Weathers. That's been one of the, like, besides last year with Gore, how last year with Gore, it was like, oh, he's finally coming around. Ryan Weathers turned around this year has been a huge thing. And it's going under underrated and not talked about because of all the lineup issues. But like, we need to see a lot more of that because they need depth. They have pitching depth. They've consistently been able to do it on the pitching end. It's hit. Oh, okay. Wait, that's a, that's a lie. 2021. They could not do it on the pitching. end. They figured it out from 2021. I don't want this to be the version of 2021 where the, it's hitting is the issue when you have what a $270 million payroll, dude, like third in the league. Like you, you just can't do that. So also you started talking about AJ Preller. We'll, we'll do an episode on AJ Preller next week, hundred percent. Cause that's a very interesting topic and you feel different about it than I do. And Chase feels different about it than both of us do. So I think we're going to all have different opinions on it. And it's kind of like, you'll probably disagree with some of our stuff. We're going to disagree with each other on it. So it'll be, a, it'll be a fun conversation when we do that as well. But let us know, what's your top lineup? What changes do you want to see made to this lineup? Maybe not trade-wise, but with the guys in-house, what do you think is the best way that they can optimize this offense? Because we need to see it happen soon. But let us know what you think in the comments. And hopefully enjoy. So we'll talk to you all soon. And we'll be going live. I'm hoping Sunday. Maybe not. I'm not really quite sure yet. But we'll put something up there. And we'll be going having a bunch of videos out next week. We'll definitely do that AJ Preller one as well. So have a great night, everyone. And hopefully the Padres are, are often starts to bounce back a little bit. See y'all.